Hi, I'm Mike Matchett with Small World Big Data, and I've got here with me today Rod Christensen, who's the CTO, the smart guy from Operavi. Operavi's in the technically the backup space, but I tell you what, listening to these guys and what they're doing, backup has changed significantly. We are now not just talking about taking your files, taking copies of things, moving them off in a snapshot way, and filling up 10 petabytes of old archives and running your cloud bill through the roof. We're talking about how do you get the maximum value out of your backups? How do you get all the functionality you want out of it? How do you do some really cool things with it? Uh, and how do you, most importantly, do backups in a multi-cloud world so that it makes sense for you, optimizes your space, your cost, your benefits, your values, your functionality, all this stuff. These guys have thought it through. Welcome to the show, Rod. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Thanks, Mike. I appreciate being here. Uh, we're doing great. Yeah. How are you Good. doing? Good. So, uh, Operavi, uh, multi-cloud active archive. Uh, let's just start with that multi-cloud bit, because I think that's really interesting. What do you have to bring to the table in, in a new kind of solution to really handle multiple clouds today? What is it, what is it that you really had to rethink through? Well, you know, a lot of vendors call multi-cloud, uh, you know, they have the ability to, to target one cloud and then, you know, use that as an output device. And then uh, if they want to, they can go to another cloud and, and use that as a different device. But you actually really have to pick one or the other. Now, with, with Operavi, it allows you to put data into one cloud and then later on after you get a better deal on, on another cloud or, or you know, a, a different relationship with a different vendor, cloud vendor, you can switch over to that cloud and use both clouds at the same time simultaneously without actually moving your data from the first cloud. You can start writing new data over to the second cloud. And it seamlessly picks, when it goes to recover data, it seamlessly knows where all that stuff is and picks out the right data from the right cloud at the right time. Yeah, so, it, and, and this is, I mean, this is part of the value of Operavi. What we're really saying is, it's not disapparate, right? Operavi comes from a different word you were telling me, to prepare and to plan and to get things right. Uh, not to make your data disappear, although that's what I think of uh, uh, with the Harry, the Harry Potter part. <laughs> but uh, we're really talking about uh, how do you deal with masses of unstructured data that are growing today? And you, can't, you don't just want to uh, deal with it the same way we used to. We know we're going to end up with petabytes of stuff. Uh, if, I use a, if I use one of today's, I hate to say it, but legacy backup solutions and I target the cloud with it, I also end up with this... Uh, uh, the situation where I can't really use what's in the cloud directly, right? I'm, I have to still come back out and in some ways rehydrate or, 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 or come back out of that system before I can use that data. And that's not the approach you guys took. You looked at it a little bit differently, right? We looked at it very differently. And that's what, that's what, how you access data once it's in the cloud. Obviously you can recover data from the cloud to on-premise and, and, and uh, you know, get all your data. It's rehydrated, deduped, de-deltified de and all that kind of stuff. But the real value of the data is is actually in data, data analytics, uh, e-discovering, things like that, that the data is sitting in the cloud. How do you make use of that? So we've, we've actually come out with a, a, a public domain DLL and, and shared object that you can actually put up into a cloud instance, write a program or, or connect to an e-discovery, uh, a gateway to an e-discovery that gives you complete access to the archive data without bringing it, bringing it down back on premise. So basically, if you have 10 petabytes of data sitting up in the cloud, you can access that data without the rehydration and, and the, the egress fees that are normally associated with it. 
you know, trying to bring that data back on prem for any kind of analysis is just mm-hmm. impossible once it's once it's in there. You, so you have to you have to be able to make the data accessible where the data and, and there's, is. And there's really there's really three things with that. And I'll you know I know we talked about you have this open data format and which what you're saying. So I can get to that data in a standard way, no matter where it's sitting, uh, and and that makes it very useful globally accessible. Uh, makes copies also for test dev and everything. So you need to have um, uh, a security layer on top of it. So you still have to impose all the constraints to get at different things. And we know we talked, that's one of the values you guys also bring to the tables is that. So you're not just dumping it up there into S3 and saying, here's the bucket, go get it. You still have to go through your management system to get at the data. Uh, uh, but tell me a little bit about, I think what most people first think of is, is, hey, I'm putting all this data up in the cloud, uh, uh, capacity optimization. I don't want my cloud subscription costs to go through the roof. I want to use multiple clouds. What do you guys do to the data uh, that that makes it such an uh, that makes the cloud really an effective and cost efficient option? So, that's a great question. The first thing to to really optimizing data storage and data capacity is recognizing what you have in the first place. You know uh, what kind of data you're dealing with. If it's just if it's if it's documents or or you know Excel spreadsheets or PDF files or something like that, you really need to understand you know what what you're dealing with because once you understand that, then you can classify the data as to its importance. Once you classify the data as to its importance, then you can set policies on how long that data is to be is is to be retained. For example, say if you have PDFs that, that you want to keep a couple years, but all your 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 docx's that have legal information, you know, have have uh, uh, you know special aspects and characteristics of, of you know to comply with regulations. You need to keep those a lot longer, so you can set data retention periods of seven years on those. In addition to that, we can recognize things like social security numbers, phone numbers, addresses, and things like that within the data set itself while we're actually copying it so that we you can do queries on it to say, give me all the documents with personal personal identification information in it or, you know, search for a particular person or, or you know, word or, you know, whatever you want to do. That's that's how you actually multi-use the data that's that, that's out there. And the most important part of it is, is once the data is no longer needed, get rid of it. You don't need it anymore. You can save a huge amount of cost. You know, a lot of companies are actually saying, okay, well, we're just going to throw stuff up in the cloud, you know, and we'll keep it for seven years. But what happens if you only need three quarters of that data for two years? Savings you can actually, you know, obtain by getting rid of 75% of data for your, you know, three through seven. Yeah. And and so... You know, in in that way of uh, of going in and carving pieces out of it, you've got a couple of clever technologies, right? So you've got some some things. I, I, I mean, we talked about earlier. Uh, I think you were talking about uh, pruning, and is is what this whole thing was called, right? And uh, would you yeah. do, you sir, you don't necessarily if somebody says, you know, give me all <laughs> the documents in this data set, you don't necessarily deliver the metadata pointers to each of the objects in that data set uh, directly, right? Because that gives them a static thing and it's almost like you can't garbage collect it underneath what you do is you give them some metadata uh, uh pointer that you can go back and still prune back within that live and dynamically so is that i mean maybe you can explain a little bit more about that 
So, so with pruning, pruning is is actually some of the secret sauce in here. Yeah, yeah. It really is, and yeah. it's it's actually pretty complicated, you know, to, to <laughs> map it out. Well, we only have a couple more minutes, Rod. I know, so, I know. so, so. The, the the thing is, is is that what pruning does is it 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 only keeps the data as long as it needs to be kept, and and once all, let's say that you have a retention period set for two years, yeah. okay. Anything beyond that two years will automatically be removed from the system, so you no longer need it, unless that is being being held or or referenced by something else further down the line. That you you know say eight six months ago, it will actually keep that data until that you know secondary document that relies on that data actually expires, and then it can get rid of the whole thing. So that that's how the, the the pruning and the data management works. It's I have a white paper on it, and it's like how many pages? Three, four pages long that explains it. Yeah, it's pretty technical though. Well, I, I mean, I mean, well, tell us warning. Tell us where we can find that paper. Is that on on the on the? It's on operavi.com. Operavi.com, great. Uh, and I should point out that Operavi is a is a, at first level a SaaS service and. Uh, works on whatever targets you want uh, uh, across the board, so people can get up and start pretty quickly with it, right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So onboarding is very simple. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so I guess, uh, and, and and there's a whole bunch more of technologies that I would love to get into. We got some snapshotting uh, discussion that we got into. We got into some some things about uh, data analytics and about the storage analytics and about. Uh, uh, the open data format, so tons more things to, 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 to really dive in here. You guys are kind of uniquely packaging together into what I think is really one of the smartest assemblages of backup and archive software for the cloud. I mean, it just really puts it together in one piece, so uh, kudos to you guys for that. Oh, yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, that again, that's uh, uh, Aparavi. Check it out. Um, I think we don't have too much more time. Do you want to have any final thoughts? Not for me. <laughs> That's a call. That's a call. That's a good. Well, thank you for being here, Rod. Hopefully, we can do this again and dive into some of those other topics in a, in a little deeper, uh, some deeper episodes. Uh, thanks for thanks for attending today. Uh, check it out. There's lots going on in the backup archive data management space, um, and I'm sure we're going to hear more about Operavi as they roll out yet some more features going forward. They're just getting started. Uh, I'm Mike Match with Small World Big Data. Uh, thanks for being here, Rod. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thanks for watching and come back soon. Bye.